Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today. Thanks so much for carving some time out of your busy day to spend with me. Today we're talking about the children's education industry. In specific, we're talking about um, the, the computer science um, side of children's education. I recently read an article that said nine in ten parents want their child to study computer science, but only one in four schools teach computer programming. Computer, computing makes up two-thirds of projected new jobs in STEM. Computer, computing, educa- uh, computing occupations are among the highest-paying jobs for new graduates. That, that kind of took me aback that so many parents want their children to study computer science, but it's just not being offered out there. So today my guest is Vissal Basin, and he is the founder of Wise Computing Academy. Wise Computing Academy is in the children's education industry. Their goal is to prepare students to apply computing concepts to address real-world problems. Help me in welcoming Basil. Basil, welcome to the show. Sure thing, Linda. Thank you so much. This is Vishal Basin. Very good. Thank you so much, Vishal. And what I was saying before, it just kind of surprised me that there's not that much opportunity for children to study this. So what I find, Vishal, is that many times something is created because there is a personal need. Why did you find the need to create Wise Computing Academy? Certainly, certainly. So, you know, you shared some really good statistics at the start of the show. The only one that I'd add to that is, uh, you know, over 2.5 million STEM jobs go unfilled yearly. And this yeah. is uh, the data that comes out of Smithsonian Science Education Center. Um, so, you know, the, there's, a, there's an enormous demand for high-paying jobs, and we really don't have the supply side. So, you know, that's really one of the key tenants of why we are doing what we're doing. Uh, but also, I think the, to answer your question on why we started, right? So this all goes back to over six and a half years now. And uh, my niece, who's back in India, she was in high school in a 12th grade, and, um, you know, she took up computer science as, as, as a course, um, and, uh, you know, she found out that she took the course, but, you know, whatever her teacher was teaching, she wasn't really getting it. And she's a, she's mm-hmm. a you know, uh, 4.0 GPS student, and uh, you know, in one of my calls over the weekend to her, she was like, you know, I'm really getting frustrated, I'm getting nervous, that I won't do well in my tests. 
And I said, well, let's do this. Send me your textbooks, FedEx them to me. And uh, what I'll do is I'll teach you on the phone. So now keep in mind, this is six and a half years ago, right? So we were on the phone. We didn't do Zoom or we didn't do WebEx. We were just on the phone. And uh, between us, we took about three to three and a half months to finish most of our syllabus. And lo and behold, she did well. And, you know, we had our own, uh, we had three, three kids and our eldest one was turning about six at that time. And we really wanted to look at programs that actually teach the skills that our students need and also that are hands-on, that are project-based. And, uh, you know, we looked around and we felt that this is something that we can do, right? I'm a technologist at heart. Uh, that's what I did for 24 years prior to starting Vice Computing Academy. So we decided to sort of embark on, you know, this journey and we started really small and built the business up incrementally. Mm-hmm. So when you first got started, how did you do this? How did you how did you reach out into the community? How did how did people find you? Excellent, excellent question. So it's funny we uh, when we first started, we actually started in our media room in our house, and uh, we just reached out to our friends and said, "Hey, this is something of a sort of an experiment that we want to do." Uh, you know, we built our curriculum uh, ourselves from ground up, keeping in mind that we're going to teach young learners. So from day one, we wanted it to be fun, project-based, where everyone is doing stuff at all times. And the idea is if the students are having fun, they will learn without knowing that they are learning. And that was sort mm-hmm. of the intent behind this. So, so we reached out to our friends. And I, I think we had about six to eight students to begin with, and our daughter was one of them. And we did that in our media room for the first uh, month, and then we leased out a space at one of the after-school locations close to our, our house. We started there, and uh, then we decided that, you know, this is when, you know, Airbnb and Uber were also just getting started, and it seemed to us that, you know, going with the storefront, having a storefront, and scaling up that way um, is not the most ideal thing to do. So we looked at some of the successful business models out there, and we felt like, you know, there is an enormous amount of space that's available currently in schools, in preschools, in various after schools, various community centers, clubs, you know, even churches and things like that. We said, you know, why don't we focus on programming aspect on our curriculum and how we deliver and really, you know, sort of utilize these spaces. So we reached out to, started to reach out to schools and preschools locally here. And, uh, you know, some schools, uh, a few handful of schools were really open and uh, really saw the vision that we had and wanted to participate in that. And, you know, they gave us a chance and uh, that really got us started. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really exciting. It sounds like you found um, a niche there for yourself. So tell me a little bit about some of the what the curriculum for Wise Computing Academy looks like. What are you teaching, and to what age group? Sure, certainly. So we start at uh, four, and we go all the way to 16 years. So it's really preschool, elementary, and middle school. Uh, those are the age groups that we focus on. And the way we approach this, we focus on three main things, so three talents. First is designing, 
second is coding, and third is robotics. So with, with these three things, for very young students, what we do is we, we, we sort of incorporate the stories, the things that they are used to, the characters that they are used to into our curriculum, and we teach them robotics, we teach them coding, at the very young age, using block-based coding approach. So, you know, they don't have to worry about, you know, syntax issues and having issues with missing a semicolon here or a hyphen there or a colon here. Um, you know, they can really drag and drop. And the idea is that they are making, not only building the robot, they're actually making them do things as well. So it's mm. simple programs, but it's really built around you know, a story that they may know or a character that they may know. So it's coding and building both. And then we focus on elementary students. And uh, again, it's a mix of block-based coding and, and text-based coding. And some of the other things that we do, is we've, we've seen that, you know, young learners love to play uh, games like Minecraft. They love mm -hmm. to interact with uh, drones, for example, right? So what we've done is we've used them as hooks. And, you know, we'll, we'll invite them and say, you know what, we will teach you modding in Minecraft, for example. And here, the only difference is instead of playing and modding, you code and you mod. And mm. if you can write really, if you can learn to write code, you can actually do the modding much faster. So you can do things much faster than, you know, what you would do if you were playing. And then same thing with drones, right, we'll have we teach them how to code the drones and we'll tell them, right, the drones that you see on the TV and that you hear from, you know, various different outlets, those are typically not the drones that someone is, is navigating. You know, some of those are pre-programmed. Most of those are pre-programmed. So we are actually teaching them these important technological skills and computer science skills through the things that they love to do. So, mm -hmm. so that's the elementary. And then for middle school, we actually also focus on text-based coding like Python and web development and things like that. The other thing that we do is we also enable them to participate in this high-end coding and robotics competitions. There's one that's really popular. It's called the First Lego League. Um, you know, we take our students, we take them, our franchise owners take them as well, the teams to FLL uh, championships, and our students tend to do really well because you know, our focus is on overall development of a child and not just technology. So we focus on soft skills and general cognitive skills just as much as we focus on the hard skills. So just to dovetail on that just a little bit, I know one of the things that you um, are really focused on is teaching the, the, the students, the kiddos, how to apply computing concepts to... Right real-life problems, what does that mean? So, uh, so, you know, if you think about computing concepts, you know, computational thinking, what does that really mean, right? What that really means, if you break it down, is it's problem-solving, logical thinking, critical reasoning, working as a team, having the confidence behind the work that you've done. You know, many times, some projects are easy, but as the, as they... Uh, you know, do more complex projects, they can take longer time to do, right? They, they won't be done in a single session. Sometimes it may take them five to ten sessions to finish that. So it's also breaking down big problems into small chunks and going about uh, putting them together in a logical way, right? So it's like, 
you know, you've heard the Legos and you've seen kids working with them. It's really, you know, you can do anything that you want. You can build anything that you want to build with Legos. It's really, what do you want to build? How do you logically approach that problem? And how do you go and resolve that, right? So that's the sort of model that we take for any project, whether it is building a website, whether it is robotics, whether it is something in artificial intelligence, it's really help them guide through this process. And our approach is to not really give them step-by-step instructions, but our instructors act most as, more as guides where they are solving the problems. And whenever they get stuck, right, we are there to sort of nudge them and help them through that particular problem so they can, they can continue that on. Now, if you from... Now, if you from very beginning in the formative years, which is the, we we believe the formative years are the years that we focus on. uh, If you inculcate this type of logical thinking and approach to problem solving, you can apply that to anything really. It doesn't have to be computer science. It doesn't have to be technology, right? Because you could do anything. Um, You know, even an attorney has to approach uh, a case in a logical way. So, it really gives them uh, these skills at a very young age to formulate uh, how to approach a complex problem and how to break it down into simple pieces. I love that because uh, early on, and even as we become an adult, um, people can get overwhelmed with the big picture of something. But I love the fact that you're teaching them to just kind of break it down one step at a time, I would think that would help with building their confidence even. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So that's, that's, that's great. So I sort of, it had also, uh, I'd like to mention that, uh, you know, I mentioned that we focus a lot on the self, uh, on the uh, soft skills as well. So what we do is at the end of every semester, our semester typically run for three months. Uh, at the end of every semester, we, we call it a showcase. And these are really nothing but mini TED Talks where, you know, whatever students have done, whether individually or as a team, they get to actually talk about it. So uh, the, the usual way it goes is, you know, what did you build? Uh, give a demonstration of that. Why did you build it? And then how did you build it? Whether it is robotics, whether it's coding, whether it is designing something in 3D, or whether it is some, you know, even sort of drone project, right? So. It's really about, you know, you stand behind the work and you are proud to showcase what you did. So I'll give you an example. In one of the uh, middle school that we were here, here uh, and I was my instructor myself, and after the end of the semester, one of the parents sent a note to us and said, you know, since my child has gone through your sessions, he's become much more articulate and confident in expressing himself. Mm-hmm. Love I mean, it. to us, that's yeah. the best thing that could have happened to us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're out. I mean, even if he takes, he took time to get the technological skills, that's totally fine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really about, yeah. it's really about overall development. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the franchise opportunity. If you're, if someone is looking at uh, Wise Computing Academy, are you looking for, uh, computer science experts, teachers? Are you looking for someone that has a, a background in technology? Uh, you know, it's a plus, but that's absolutely not a requirement. So many times people ask us, you know, what do you look for in your franchise owner? 
or what do you look for even in your instructors? Because sometimes people use that interchangeably, right? Which is not necessarily the case. Uh, many of our franchise owners uh, uh, teach because they love it, but some of our franchise owners, you know, they run it as a business because they want to focus on the business development side of things, and they can hire part-time instructors to, to actually do the teaching. So on franchise owner side, what we're looking for is somebody who is outgoing, is, thinks himself or herself as part of the community, is passionate about the education space, and really want, you know, one of the things that franchising does is it lets them replicate a successful business model in their hometown, right? So that's what we're looking for in a franchise owner. And, you know, when people ask us, you know, what kind of instructors are you looking for? We say, and our answer is, we're looking for somebody who can manage a class, who has a great, good personality, is keep, can keep the children engaged and create a fun, casual environment. Those things are super hard to teach. Mm-hmm. Everything else mm-hmm. we can teach them, right? We can mm-hmm. teach them our approach to coding, designing, how do we run an effective class, all those can be taught. But mm-hmm. we can't teach somebody to be friendly in general, right? So we're looking mm-hmm. for those type of people and everything else we can teach them. So as you're talking about the teaching and the training, um, when a new franchisee is is looking to be a part of Wise Computer Computing Academy, what type of training should they be expecting? Yep, certainly. So, you know, right after we sign, uh, we actually provide um, overall uh, training on all aspects. So it's, um, you know, it's running the business, operating the business successfully, sales, marketing, overall operational support, and also training on our curriculum. And, you know, we view view ourselves, although we are in, in, in education space, you know, our background is in technology, and we know that things change quite rapidly. Uh, we, uh, our curriculum is enhanced pretty much all the time. So along with that, our training also happens pretty much all the time. There is no set time. Of course, when you bring on a franchise owner, we have you know, a set schedule for training them on sales, support, marketing operations. But as far as ongoing support, right, we have, we sort of act as uh, an extended family. We're very close-knit. Uh, you know, casually people talk to each other. They'll send, you know, text messages or notes to each other and say, hey, can you jump on a call or can I call you now because I have this thing to do to talk about. So our training is on curriculum and general aspects. It's always ongoing. And at the very beginning, you know, we call it, um, you know, like an MBA in, um, in, in, in five days, you know, because, and it's not a general purpose MBA. It's really how to run a small business, likewise Computing Academy, and how to be successful in that uh, in your own uh, hometown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so do you teach them how to build those relationships with the schools and how to get in front of the schools to present um, the curriculum? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a big part of our training, which is, you know, when we, so first of all, before we talk about schools, we, we talk about, you know, what all things should we do and what schools should we approach, what preschools, and we call them locations because obviously schools and preschools are a major portion, but there are other locations as well. So, you know, we, we come up with a list of locations 
that would be potential. Uh, you know, we sort of create that from a decreasing order of priority. And we tell them how to approach. So we do this sort of role playing where, you know, um, how do you, when you go and talk to somebody or pick up the phone and talk to somebody at school, you know, how do you approach it and what do you want to share? Because one of the key things that we always teach them is focus on the benefit to the school, focus on the benefit to their students. And if we can successfully do that, uh, you know, schools can see how it benefits, how our program benefits them. Uh, the chances of us introducing our program in that location, you know, goes much higher. So we teach them, you know, we have marketing collateral that obviously gets available to them. We work with them hand on hand to ensure that, you know, they are successful in getting those initial leads and converting them. And once they sort of figured out, then, then it becomes more of, okay, well, you know, what are the new things that we are uh, working on? What new strategies are working? You know, of course, with COVID situation, you know, we've had to sort of redo many things or do things differently. So, you know, we are always in uh, close confidence with them and, and mention to them that these are the things that are working, these are the things that are not working, and also give us the feedback on what you are saying. So we can tailor make, you know, our approaches that works in, you know, some approaches may work in one location and some may not. So, you know, right. we have general approaches, and but then you just have to sort of fine tune them uh, to the situ situation that they're in. Sure. So you brought up COVID. So, folks, if you're listening to this recording, it is September the 22nd of 2020. And some of the schools have... Uh, opened up, some have partially opened up, some have opened up online. Michelle, uh, tell me, how has this pandemic impacted the way that your franchisees are doing business? And how have you helped them during this time? Yeah, certainly. So let me tell you a little story. So in March, uh, we usually go to Colorado for skiing, and we were in Aspen. Um, you know, for a week of skiing with friends and the whole family. And, uh, you know, it, it became clear during the spring break that uh, this is a pandemic situation and this is going to have, you know, a long-lasting effect on, on how we run the business, especially in person. So we anticipated that this is going to go take longer than just a couple of months. So what we did was we worked on a plan to move 100% of our classes online. Now, we've we wow. had experience in doing online. We did hybrid even before, but online was a much, much smaller portion, um, as you can imagine, right, uh, than in person. So what we did was we created a plan. We created you know, documentation on how to run effective class, uh, what technology to use, what technology to not use, what to do from a security standpoint, uh, how to communicate with parents, how to be proactive in your communication with parents, because mind you, we actually had hundreds of students enrolled in our classes, each one of us. So we, did, we wanted that continuity to happen in education. So, you know, we sort of proactively started reaching out to our uh, parents, not just us, but our franchise owners as well. We conducted um, internal training sessions, internal videos on how to run effective classes, we had uh, teachers uh, shadow some of the more um, inexperienced instructors uh, who'd done 
online quite a bit. So we sort of focused on that uh, in late March and early April, and we were able to move 100% of our students online. And you know, very very glad to say that very very small percentage of our students uh, actually did not end up finishing. Most of them, you know, stayed with us, and they're actually still with us. They were with us in summer, and they're with us in fall as well. So um, wow. I think just because we anticipated that and. You know, the transition was smoother relatively. And also, I think, uh, you know, our, our franchise owners, you know, they did a tremendous job of getting up to speed and moving people and even families. You know, initially, if there were a hiccup here or a hiccup there, they, were, they knew that, you know, everyone is uh, sort of going through the same thing. So they were, you know, more sort of forthcoming and helping and uh, you know, very very proud of the fact that um, you know our families are intact, uh, you know, even during this pandemic situation. Yeah, I love that, Michelle. Um, that's one of the things that I notice. Uh, those franchises that have done well, that have not had um, a large um, a large impact, haven't been impacted as much, is because the the leadership team have been able to pivot quickly. And to help those franchisees to identify maybe a different way of do, delivering the product or service that has helped them during this pandemic. Tell you what, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I love the stories that you're sharing. Do you happen to have some more that you could share with us? Certainly, will do. Very good. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll come back with more. All Things Franchising. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day -day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We are talking to Vishal Basin, and he is the founder of Wise Computing Academy. So, Vassal, do you have some more of those great stories? Certainly, certainly, Linda. So I'll, I'll share this one. 
Uh, it's one of the, uh, you know, really interesting and such a, such a nice, such a beautiful thing. You know, we, in one of our um, schools here, elementary schools here locally, uh, you know, we started to notice, so one thing before I get into the story, we are a huge proponent of girls in technology and girls in the field of STEM. You know, mm-hmm. we have two girls of our own, and that's primarily why we started this. So, uh, you know, we saw that in this school, we sort of keep an attention on boys-to-girls ratio in our classes. And in this school, we saw that the ratio was not where we wanted it to be. Um, so, you know, we reached out to the principal and said, you know, Ms. Penny, Dr. Penny, can we have a conversation? And she said, of course. And, um, you know, we sort of gave some statistics and, you know, she gave up, came up with some ideas and we had some ideas. And what we did was we actually created some courses just for that school. Of course, we had the curriculum. It's really more about how do we position it. And we made it where, you know, we have the things that are, that are dear to uh, girls in general, like fashion and like designing, things like that. We created a program and we marketed where, you know, it sort of became more, uh, you know, much better uh, looking to girls and, you know, they came up and signed. Um, and we ran the whole, whole program for three months. And then we took uh, some of the feedbacks like we usually do from girls. And many girls said, you know what, I never thought that I could do all these things in coding and robotics. I thought this was just building gears and pulleys and other things. Uh, that, uh, but I did not know that I could do fashion design and I could do this and I could do that. So it was really sort of a great story about how, you know, it's really the same thing that you have to teach, but sometimes you just have to position uh, the course in certain way that it becomes exciting uh, to to girls as much as it is exciting to boys as well. And especially the, the marketing material. So that's a perfect example of how you were able to tweak the marketing material so that it would be attractive to young girls, so kudos Absolutely. for you on that. Absolutely, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great thing, and you know it's one of the things that we feel that uh, you know the more girls we can get uh, into this field, and once they sign up, they enjoy just as much, if not more, than the boys. So it's really a matter of you know exposing it and letting them have an experience firsthand. Yeah, definitely. That is great. Uh, Vishal, if somebody's listening right now and they are very intrigued what, by what they're hearing, how would they get in touch with you? How would they find more information about Wise Computing Academy? Certainly. So our website is wiseacademy.com, wise uh, with a Z, W-I-Z-E, academy.com. Uh, they can reach out to, to us by email. It's info at wiseacademy.com, or they can call us. It's 214-226-4595. And, uh, you know, as you can imagine, we are on social platforms. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram, all they have to do is search for Wise Computing Academy, and they will certainly find us. Or they can, they can just Google us as well. Sure. That's great. So we're down to those final three questions. The first question here is, if there is someone listening, who is considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Yeah, it's a great question. So 
I think, uh, first of all, um, and it's not just about owning Wise Competing Academy franchising. It's it's just getting into uh, into a business of their own. Uh, if they are, if they haven't done business before, uh, it would be great if uh, if they sort of spend some time in learning about how their life is going to be a little bit different than you know than working for uh, for a big firm or a small firm. Uh, so you know that's that's one thing. Um, I recommend this book called The E Myth. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I I recommend that highly because it actually shows. You know, it's a very general, very easy read. It tells you about how uh, how you set up a small business and how you run business and how do you think about running a successful business. So certainly a mindset change so that they're ready. Uh, from their uh, mindset perspective, also from a financial perspective, they want to make sure that uh, they have at least four to six months of, um, you know, enough cash. So mm-hmm. because no matter what what business they go in, it's going to take some time uh, for them mm-hmm. to get get going. Now the business mm-hmm. like ours, it's a very low cost to begin with, very low cost uh, from an ongoing perspective because you don't have to own a storefront, right? So um, and also it's home-based. So, you know, all the things that they, the, the capital they need for a business like ours, it's ex- extremely low. Now, one thing that I would say is, you know, in any business, uh, many times, and I've noticed this myself because I used to work for a big company prior to starting Vice Competing Academy. You know, when you're working, uh, you sort of live in a bubble. Uh, you yeah. hang out with people um, who are either working with you or are in the same industry, you may not be as active in the local community. You know, you may think you are, but it's it changes and you know it, it opens up your mind when you actually become a business owner, right? So mm-hmm. I think those are the things that I would say, you know, they just need to be mindful of and and it's the best thing. Uh, owning a business, being your own boss is the best thing to do. You know, and you're putting your all your energies. You know, you're doing the right thing for yourself, and you're putting all your energy in becoming successful. I don't think there is anything, any job that lets you allows you to do that. Right, right. I agree 100%. And uh, I would ditto on the book, the Michael Gerber book, uh, the email. Right. I think. Any, whether you're in franchising or whether you're in business for yourself, uh, that is a, a fabulous, fabulous book. In fact, I have the the uh, the CD so that I can listen to it in my car and all. So um, I would highly recommend that, folks. And uh, I would also say that everything you're saying about the mind shift is absolutely critical when it become when you become a business owner i've worked for uh in banking for 30 plus years the big banks and i thought i was connected but i had no clue connection to the community actually meant until i became an entrepreneur so you know you stretch yourself in ways that you um and and you grow in ways and areas that you had never experienced before. Uh, I won't tell you it's easy, folks. If you're listening, I am not saying that this is an easy road because I'm saying that being a business owner is not for the faint at heart, but it is extremely rewarding, extremely rewarding. 
And it can be rewarding, not just personal, personally, but it can be very rewarding financially as well. So keep that in mind. So the next question here is, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? So, um, you know, first of all, I would say someone who is outgoing, um, you know, has a has a passion for running a business is certainly important. And also, there's a difference being a franchisee and a franchisor. You know, a franchisee really needs to focus on operational excellence and business development, right? The the traits and the things that you got to focus on as a franchisor or in some other job may be different. But as a franchisee, if you are someone who excels in operation, execution, running, and making sure maximizing on your profit and doing great job at business development, I think those are the key, key skills that are required uh, for a franchisee to be successful, irrespective of any franchise that they own, any vertical, any business they run, right? Yeah. So to, to us, that's the kind of things that we're looking for. You know, you'd asked us previously, do they need to be from a technology, a technology, uh, technology industry? Great. If they are, if they're not, you know, if they, if they possess these skills, those are the more important skills than anything else. Sure. Sure. I, I agree 100% on that. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? So, you know, if you step back and look at franchising, right, it's a, it's an over trillion dollar industry uh, for good reasons, right? So, you know, in franchising, the idea is, is, is great because you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to reinvent the wheel that someone else has already done for you, right? If you wanted to open up a burger joint or if you wanted to start a STEM program, you know, you have a passion for education, you know, you can come to companies like Wise Competing Academy because we've figured out what works and what doesn't work. We've spent, you know, thousands and hundreds and thousands of hours in building a curriculum that's effective and that works. So, uh, you know, you are in the business for yourself, not by yourself, as the saying goes, right? So franchising offers somebody to become successful business owners without having to start from ground zero. I think that's the excellent thing about franchising. And in my mind, that's only going to grow, uh, you know, people who adapt to technology and utilize it well, uh, some of the ways we work, you know, they may become more, we may have to become more technologically savvy and that's totally fine because that's just how things have always been, right? So uh, I feel that, you know, I'm sort of, I consider myself to be relatively new to franchising. We've only been franchising for a, about a year and a half now, but I think there is enormous potential um, you know, in businesses franchising their business and making it available to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to become successful. Yes, most definitely. So, Vishal, what again, if someone's wanting to get in touch with you, find out more about Wise Computing Academy, how would they do that? Certainly, certainly. So they can go to our website. It's uh, wiseacademy.com, wise with a Z, W-I-Z-E, academy.com. They can also send us an email uh, at info at wiseacademy.com. They can reach us by phone. It's uh, 214-226-4595. 
or they can just Google us. Just you know, search for Wise Academy or Wise Computing Academy, and uh, we are on all popular social uh, media platforms as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been fascinating listening to your stories and how you are impacting the lives of kids through uh, computer science. That's great. Thank you so much, Linda, for having, uh, having me. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with you. Same here, same here. So, folks, you know, just as I said at the top of the show, and as Vishal had also indicated, is that um, there are so many jobs that go unfilled because our children are not prepared. And they're not prepared because the schools, are, they don't have the capacity to offer those courses. So to be able to go to someplace like Wise Computing Academy and get the kiddos the training, the education that they need to fulfill those positions, you are doing them a great service by doing that. So I'm going to leave you with a, a quote, as I always do. This is a quote by Alan Kay. He's a well-known American computer scientist. It goes like this. Computer science inverts normal. In normal science, you're given a world, and your job is to find out the rules. In computer science, you give the computer the rules, and it creates the world. Thanks so much for joining me, folks, on All Things Franchising. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.